<coughs> oh, welcome to Trot's Life. It is your Thursday edition. I think my voice needs a day off or two. Maybe I need to go on a, a silent strike and give it a couple of days off. I'm turning into the last host of this show, Jason Bonington. He always had voice issues for about uh, 12 months, I reckon. He couldn't get his voice right, and maybe I know how he feels. Uh Big show today, Steve Cleave will join us uh, very shortly. We'll have a look into his little black book on the weekend. I haven't uh, done a lot of form yet for the Friday form panel. That'll be this afternoon's task. So uh, it'll be sort of my first look actually at it. Uh, I've just been working away last few hours on building some best of shows for next week, a couple of best of shows for next week. And I've got back, I've gone through the last eight months I've got the first four months of the year yet to look at and uh, I've got about 14 hours of content uh, to build into four hours of show now uh, our great mate here Paul Sebastiani has when the show starts and you're uh, panel operating there's generally a few balls in the air of all the balls have <laughs> all the balls landed and you've caught them all Paul we're all good you're we're all, all good sweet. Yep. All right. very good morning to everyone <laughs> I'll welcome, again I welcome you into the show now that's <laughs> All the balls are landed and being yeah. caught, and you can yeah. concentrate on doing what we do is speaking. Yes, I'll still be juggling a few as the show goes on, uh, just given this time of year. People are on holiday, so uh, we are uh, we are making up for the jobs that need to be done at the moment. So uh, it doesn't deter from the product, though, Toby. It does not deter from the product one iota. Yeah, well, you can't take much away from not much, I suppose. That <laughs> might be what some would say, mate. Now, uh, on the show also, Rob Orber will join us. Rob. Very nice. Um, has got two runners in a race on Saturday night at Bendigo, which is pretty unique in itself for a lot of people. But he's also commentating that race. Oh, wow. With two runners in it. And wow, it, wow. It took me back to my Probably my favourite race nearly of all time when Blue Eagle yep. won a Victorian derby in the mid-90s and it was commentated by his owner, Brian Markovic. It was an amazing story, right? Brian Markovic bought the horse when the mare was in foal, even before it was born. Yep. He just wanted this horse and named it Blue Eagle. He was a champion. He won the Victorian derby. It was one of the greatest drives. It's still, I believe, the greatest drive I've ever seen. Must be a uh, Brian Maher thing because Brian Martin did the same thing in the Cox Plate with uh, yeah, with, uh, with Fields of Omar. Fields of Omar. Yeah. Never been done before. Caller yeah. calling his uh, horse winning the Cox Plate. Uh, funny you say that. I actually asked him, and, and this would pertain to, to uh, the Brian you mentioned too. I said, how, how did you call the race? How, how do you? He goes... I had one eye on the rest of the field and I had one eye on no, fields I mean, on foo. Yeah, so I don't know how you. I think once the race is once the race starts, you, the professionalism and the mould of getting into theatre just kicks in. So your adrenaline kicks in and away you go. So that derby it was built beforehand. Oh, was it the New South Wales horse Rifleman maybe? Mm-hmm. And there was a Kiwi horse in it as well, and we had this Victorian horse Blue Eagle. Right. So it was really built Victoria v New South Wales. Yep. V New Zealand. Yep. The New Zealander was a late bid, I think. I'm going off pure memory here. And when they crossed the line, Brian Markovic said, and it's our derby. Oh. As in <laughs> ours, as in Victorians, ours, as in his. Yes. And it was just a wonderful line, wonderful call. Anyone, you can Google that. Just chuck in Blue Eagle Victoria Derby. Blue Eagle was one word. Love that. And just go and watch that race. Uh, it's amazing content. Uh, so anyway... 
We go off track, but we, we digress. Do that. Rob Orba, two runners on Sunday night. It's not quite uh, on Saturday night at Bendigo. It's not quite the derby, but I thought it'd be great to catch up with Rob. He he's going to be at Mirabara today, so he might give us a tip or two for Mirabara awesome. as well. Why not? McGurin, McGurin will join us off twelve off the top of the hour at twelve o'clock as he generally does. Yep. Uh, Simon Jones from South Australia is going to give us a ring as well, and Ben Swan. And not many will know Ben Swan. I don't but know Ben Swan. <laughs> he is a 20-year-old trainer out of Dapto. Wow. And Dapto's not exactly a harness precinct. It's sort of... No, it's Grays. I suppose Dapto's... Greyhounds. Wollongong, would it be? Uh, yeah, pretty much he's Wollongong, I think. Is it pretty sure. Uh, between uh, Between Sydney and Canberra, if, if, if you want a more general. And he's got horses in at Penrith tonight. Two runners at Penrith tonight. That's probably not... You know, we don't normally get someone on Trot's Life for two runners at Penrith tonight. Kembla region. There you go. Just south of Kembla Grange. Yeah, okay. There you go. One, one runner at Penrith tomorrow night and two at Cranbourne. So a horse is racing at Penrith tonight. Radio. A horse that's in at Penrith tonight is engaged to race at Cranbourne tomorrow night, which intrigued me. So and when things intrigue me, I'm in a position where I can find out the answers exactly, on air. Exactly. So we've got Ben Swan on, who comes from a long history in harness racing. So we'll touch on that with Ben. He's 20 years of of age and having a crack at training. So looking Fantastic. looking forward to meeting Ben and finding out a bit more on his story. Now, um, I think that's the intro to the show, mate. You've had a, a busy... A busy 24 hours. Uh, did you tip some winners last night with Stephen Cleaver? Uh, we did. Actually, we had a very fruitful night, uh, to be honest. It was. Uh, there was one of his better bets, though. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. Azor Ahai. Oh, the drive was just... Oh. Anyway. Abhorrent. <laughs> I don't go down there. I didn't see the race. How did, I didn't, how did your uh, best go? Uh, it's, it got out at the wash bay. So it folded. Kidding me? It, yeah, they. Uh, it was a. It was uh, a. It was a beautiful right. drive by James Herbertson, who led yep. number three, Pete Mitchell. Yep. And uh, he stacked them up. They went right. thirty-three six, thirty-two five. He got fined for going that slow. So I'm just thinking. I haven't seen the replay, but yours ended up three back to pegs. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it it got out as I say when they it actually was still held up all the way to the wash bay is God. the saying in harness racing. Have you heard that before? I haven't that... heard that, but I'm going to use it now. Yeah, held up all the way <laughs> to the wash bay. So uh, it didn't get out. Uh, ran sixth or seventh. Uh, so um, they would have been disappointed. The connections, no doubt, when you don't yep. get a crack at a race like yep. that. But. I always look at races like that and say, well, it's pretty much swings and roundabouts. Every, it is, isn't it? Everyone's mm. had a horse lead and get away with cheap sectionals and win a race, I think. So, oh, well, I, well, maybe not everyone, but you, you get my drift. So I'm sure uh, the connections of that horse have had that happen to them. So I, I don't. And I've tipped horses in races and they've got away with blue murder in front and won races. And I've tipped horses in races that have been stuck through the pegs and there's been no speed on and had no chance. So... Uh, for me, no big deal. Swings and roundabouts. Congrats to James Herbson. 250 winners in a season is a remarkable achievement. And I have a bit of fun with Herb. I'm great mates with him. I've had a lot to do with him. I speak to him, uh, I don't know, three, four times a week with a cheeky text or a chat at the trots <laughs> or something. Uh, I feel it's my role to keep him in check. And I, I do that by trying to give him as much lip as I can. Uh, but in all seriousness, he is truly a magnificent young man. He's he's a driven young man. Uh, he 
He tries to win on every opportunity, and if he can't win, he tries to run second. If he can't run second, he tries to run third. He does his absolute utmost best with everything, every opportunity Good he's on him. given. And his enjoyment he gets out of winning at Melton for, uh, for big owners that have had hundreds of winners uh, is equivalent to winning the last at Mildura for a hobbyist trainer. That's awesome. You know what I mean? Yep. He just... Every race, he understands there's a story and the effort that's gone into it behind the scenes. And probably um, Ash and Jody, his parents, probably need to take a fair bit of responsibility for what they've raised. And that's uh, just a true true gentleman of the sport, a wonderful ambassador of the sport. And um, we're bloody proud of you, as everyone in the sport is, to have him as part of our industry and our mates. So uh, well done, James. Let's... Might be the. Uh, I was just going to say he might be for, for those thoroughbred people. He might be the young Craig Williams of the uh, of the harness racing industry. Well spoken, good ambassador. Rides him out. Yep. Uh, I, you can't ask for much more, can you? I can't comment on Craig Williams, so I can't do the <laughs> comparison, right? <laughs> but well, does does he thank everybody after winning a race? Uh, yes, yeah. Okay. The one thing you'll never do is comment on anything that happened in the race as far as, oh, I did this or I did that. Right. It was a good drive. Right. Never right. heard him say that. Right, okay. So he's he'll, humble. He'll compliment <laughs> the, the trainer. Yes. The horse. Yes. Um, the farriers. Yes. The, everyone involved. Yes. He'll never mention himself. Okay. That's, you know what I mean? Gives me Craig Williams vibes, which is good. Yeah. No, <laughs> he's, he's an absolute ripper, ripper, ripper young man. And, uh, we bloody love him in this industry, Herb. Well done, mate, and Herb, we trust. Let's get a breakaway. We'll come back with Steve Cleave. It might feel like you almost went to bed with him last night, Paul, <laughs> and you're waking up with him again this morning. Can't get enough of him. <laughs> Very good. It's time to take a peek into the little black book. Steve and Cleveland, how are you, mate? Well, a bit of a rush to get in here this morning. I just jumped off a, a quick uh, video conference call for our New Year's Eve meeting coming up uh, on Sunday night at Melton. It's going to be an exciting night. So, uh, yeah, a bit of a rush trip to get back here to uh, jump on the radio with you. Are you Trots Vision live and free at thetrots.com.au on Sunday night? I certainly am. Uh, originally, Shannon O'Sullivan was on board, but she uh, gained a start in the Young Drivers yeah. uh, series that they got happening. So uh, I've jumped in and, uh, yeah, a bit of a late call-up, but, uh, yeah, jumped on board and looking forward to a great night's racing. Uh, the dry, uh, I'll give you a couple of questions without notice. There you go here. Have you got the fields up in front of you or anything? So you got all the list of the drivers there? Uh, no, I don't. Oh, well, that's tough. Uh I've which, <laughs> which driver's driven at the most tracks outside Victoria? Outside of Victoria? Yeah. Oh. Uh, Ryan Backer? No? No, he's on six. Cody Rockenberger with 21 because she had periods in New South Wales and Queensland, see? There you go. One trainer has supported these 10 drivers with 1,848 drives. Ben Yol. Oh, there you go. Yeah. How's that for a stat? That, so that's that, the, the average number of drives for Ben Yol between these 10 young drivers is 185. Now, wow. I, yeah, that's pretty amazing, isn't it, when you say it? Well, that and 
Taylor Yule hasn't had the most. Jordan Chibnall, 620, which not many people would have thought either. Yeah, spent a little bit of time down there, but I uh, wouldn't have sort of thought she popped up that many. Gee, she punched a few out, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, she certainly did. And it shows what uh, you can get a real opportunity if you head down to Tassie and get some drives in. I've taken you off tangent, as I often do, Steve. Sorry, mate. Uh, let's talk <laughs> Little totally Black Book. And, yeah, I know. I know you're used to it. Let's talk Little Black Book. What have you got for us this weekend? Well, we've got to bounce back from last week. The Little Black Book performed exceptionally well last week, but the game plan didn't, unfortunately. We did oh, yeah. have two winners, three seconds, three thirds, and two fourths from the seven races that we covered last week. Um, so it's certainly, uh, you know, the little black book carried its weight, but the game plan, uh, a few of them went down, you know, and running second when we are back in the win. So uh, we'll have another crack again this week. It's a little bit lighter week this week. Uh, six runners, mm. four races. So we're going to be all over night and early. We are at Bendigo Saturday night, of course, because uh, not a lot of our black bookers uh, were nominated for the Melton meeting uh, with a few different fields going on for the Young Drivers' Championships. But Bendigo Saturday night, race one, we have two runners. We've got Raw for Roscoe, who's looking to get back into some form, and the brilliant Dillaby Jack Farrow, who has had two runs for us so far in the little black book for two wins. And I'm hoping he can make it three. It's a trickier draw. He won't be leading this week, which is what no. he's been doing lately over the 1,200-metre trips. But he's got terrific speed. I think if they go hard up front, he will be flashing home late. <laughs> Whether it's quick enough to get there for the win, I'm not sure. So we're going to have a $30 win bet, $45 place bet, race one, number nine. Really? That's a cracking yeah. little 10 grand race, isn't it? With Earl of it Pembroke, Urania, Captain Pins. Yeah, wow. brilliant. I'm just hoping that uh, if you want to go to war early and it might just set it up for uh, the old Sparrow to be able to fly home over the top of him. Yeah, very good. Silent Major as well is in that race. Not to, nice to see him back. Yep, keep going, mate. Yep, so race two, we've got another two runners going around. Naked Ambition, number four, and Ebony's Avenger, number six. It was a tricky race, this. I wasn't sure how to play it. I've ended up settling on Ebony's Avenger, but we're having a $10 win bet. $40 place bet for race two, number six. Has she got the tactical speed to get across there? I think she might. I, uh, haven't, I haven't really delved into it, but... She may have. Yeah. Um, but if they don't, she's got the sprint at the finish to be able to really rip home. So yeah, I, yeah. I'm not fussed if they don't pull the pin early because uh, she does have a tremendous sprint when they don't use her up off the gate. Yeah, I think she's she's a great chance in that race because, as you say, she's very she's become a very versatile horse. Talara yeah. Shadow, oh surely Talara Shadow, it is flying. Is it in the black book? Did I convince you? Uh no, oh. no, sorry, mate. But we do have one in race three, and it's not Talara Shadow. It is Illawong Awesome, who's been racing so ultra consistently. Only horse off the second row, and. Uh, Look, it got stuck in the breeze last start, which really is not its scale. I'm hoping that it can just get the perfect trip into it and be swooping home late. But again, we've just gone a $10 win bet, $40 place bet on race three, number eight. Right, yeah. So you're up to 175. So there's a little 25 in maybe race four, is there? Correct. So we are only in the first four races. And the runner that we have here, we only have the one runner, and that's Golden Sunset. Uh, it's yeah, it's been racing so well. 
It's got a good draw. It's got the speed out. Possibly ends up uh, sits leaders back. I'm just going to have a little $5 win bet, $20 place bet. Race four, number one, Golden Sunset. Yeah, I'd, I'd already started riding 10 by 15, but 5 by 20. Uh, Iron Love is the one to beat, surely, in that race. Oh, he was For sure. He's been very impressive those last two. He just looks like he's matured or something. Absolutely, and he just seems to be getting better and better. I think that the penny's really dropped in his mind, and, uh, yeah, he is just going uh, strength to strength. So, you know, if Golden Sunset, you know, settles and they want to hand up to maybe Iron Love, I think she's a brilliant place chance, thus the 5 by 20 on her. So just the four races we're covering, just the four bets. So race one, number nine, 30 by 45. Race two, number six, 10 by 40. Race three, number eight, 10 by 40. And race four, number one, five by 20. Now, I'll give you, we've got a few minutes here, Steve, so we can have a bit of a uh, chat about something. You've had no, uh, I've given you no warning about this, but so the, the concept on New Year's Eve, absolutely love this. Concession drivers, uh, it, yep. It means that a number of our participants can have a night off, whether we're, that's fair, that we're forcing them to have a night on and off on New Year's Eve. I think that's kind of fair. So love the concepts. Brilliant. We've got eight races out of it, but then we're running two other races for everybody else. So we've ended up with Chris Lang going to drive a horse. Kate Gath's going to go and drive a horse. Abby Turnbull's heading there on New Year's Eve to drive a horse. Um... You know what? Like Kate Gass in the in the first and last on New Year's Eve, we we couldn't even yeah. put those two races together so she could be in the first and second and and go home. She's probably there working. Nathan Carr's got to be there for one race at ten forty two. Why why could we not have just run a purely the whole meeting for the young guns? Uh, so first of all, I think the nominations was what stopped that happening, but they could have had an eight race card. They've had eight race cards before. The second of all, I do know that originally they were going to put the two non-junior driver races, first and second race, I suppose, right next to each other. Yeah. Um, and I don't know whose decision it was to change that. So that's a racing office decision, Yeah. obviously. Um, um, not bad for someone like Kate. I know she could probably just go home and then come back for the last. But it is certainly uh, a bit of a pain in the backside, and I'm not sure it's uh, too... Well thought out, um, but uh, yeah, I wasn't part of the. Uh, oh, I realise that. That up, so I'm not going to have a real crack. But mate, I'm I'm on with you. It's it's a little bit confusing. I I originally believed that the whole night was just about the young That's drivers. And what I thought. Having, and then the nominations come out, and there was two other races on the card. So, yeah, not sure about the uh, the thinking behind that one. I, I thought the whole night was going to be. I'm, I was with you, and it wasn't until. Pat Tompkinson said to me, oh, I think I'll put Kate Gath on, hey, go, you good thing. And I'm like, no, it's their ratings exempt concession driver's races, mate. You'll have an allocated driver. He's like, no, nah, not my race. And I'm like, no, nah, the whole night is, mate, I'm telling you. And then he's like, no, nah, <laughs> you are wrong. And I'm like, well, I'm wrong often, so I'm not surprised. But, yeah, I thought the whole concept was the whole night was going to be all about the young guns. Yep, I was under the exact same belief, <laughs> so... Not not sure what the go is there, but uh, look, race two to race nine certainly is. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure why we had an extra two races. I mean, we got a field of six and uh, a field of eight. So I don't think there was a, a lot 
uh, you know, a lot of horses there that we had to really worry about. So interesting. It's going to be a great night on Trot's Vision, though, because you've got lots of content with all those young drivers throughout the night, you know. Oh, absolutely. We'll have a bit of fun. They'll be uh, stirring the drivers up and uh, trying to get them to have a bit of a dig at their mates. Uh, you know, all these young drivers are, you know, pretty close. Um, that they'd all have little insights and stories and funny, uh, funny jokes about some of the others. So I'm hoping to get a little bit of dirt on a few of the drivers throughout the night and, uh, yeah, just get them to really enjoy Jeez. it because, um, yeah, they're, they're getting put up on show for for everyone to see and I hope they can really take it and uh, and and make the most out of it and and really enjoy it because it's a great way for them to finish off the year. I think you're dreaming if any of them are going to give you any dirt on anyone else. They're a, oh, uh, Jordan Leadham, maybe. You might get something out of Jordan Leadham. I reckon you'll get it out of nearly every single one of them. When I was a junior driver, yeah. we threw uh, we the Young Drivers' Championships and Rob Gaylard, a good good oh, bloke wow. Rob Gaylard was, he, um, he yeah. got us on Channel 31. So yeah, basically yeah. Where Trot's Vision's originated from, and uh, and I know I was part of that. And uh, believe me, every one of us had a story on one of the other drivers. We had a real flat out dig. If you get a chance to uh, hang them out to dry uh, live on air, then you go for it. Surely no one's got anything on Ryan Sanderson. Oh, I'm sure they have. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be digging, mate. I tell you now, I'll be digging. So, uh, if any young drivers, if you guys are listening, start uh, start putting in the memory banks and and get out what you've got because uh, I want some dirt on all these guys. So uh, let's have some fun and let's have a really good laugh on uh, on New Year's Eve. Good on you, Steve, mate. Uh, thanks for the year. It's been a wonderful year. I love the uh, adding of this segment into the Thursdays and uh, doing the Monday show with you. Uh, have have a I'll be there New Year's Eve, so I'll see you, mate. But uh, from all our listeners and from the SEN Track family, thanks for a great year. No, it has been fantastic. Absolutely enjoyed it. A little black book's done a fantastic job. Let's hope it can go bigger and better next year. And for everyone out there, all the listeners, all you guys at SEN, thank you very much. And make sure you have a very very safe New Year. I want to be talking to all all of you next year. Good on you, Steve. There's Steve Cleave with his little black book. Let's get the 11.30 news away, Mr. Sebastiani. Oh, welcome back to Trot's Life. It is our Thursday edition. My voice is uh, hanging in there. We've got uh, ah. about an hour and a half to go. Paul, uh, you, your did best it? bet got home at Geelong yesterday. It did, yes. Uh, Jamie Edwards and Bo Merton combined for a horse <coughs> called, uh, I can't remember the name of it, something Hustler. Yeah, yeah. Lovely Hustler, something like that. Oh. Um, doesn't matter what it was called. It, it, it drifted out to about $3.10. I'll tell you exactly the name of it. Uh, Steely Hustler. Steely. Got out right. to $3.30, so had a decent size wager on it, uh, and then had a bit of a crack at Boy From Why, which drifted out to $4.20 and just couldn't run down the leader, which was uh, about $9 into $6. So someone found the leader. Um, and then I had a speculative play on Coronado Rouge against the odds on pop, but it didn't do a hell of a lot. But, Best bet lobbed. Uh, the one I gave a very, very decent push for. Yeah, yesterday. Uh, got the chocolates. And the other one I gave a decent push for on Thursday is Enzella, uh, which uh, a whole host of SCN track listeners got on nice and early. Uh, got the job done. So a uh, bit of pressure on today. But uh, hopefully we can find some winners. Mornington can be a bit of a tricky track, especially when the rain's about. Um, so I was most keen on race one, number one, Cyclone Coco. And mm. race five, number 10, edge of 17. Don't go overly crazy, though, today. Just, just be 
Tread with caution is what I'll say. Tread warily at warily. Mornington. Correct. Uh, Rob Orvis coming up the other side of this break. We'll catch up nice. with Rob. He's going to be at Maryborough today. He's, uh, he's, had, he's got a lot of horses seemingly running around at the moment. He's got the two mares, which are introduced off the top of the show, uh, contesting against each other. Yep. Nikki Nana and Rebel Bajur. And it's a bit of a... Uh, we'll go back a bit you know, through the generations of the breeding of those horses with Rob as well. It's a pretty good story, really, which... Uh, we see a lot of Rob on our screens and on our radios, etc. We don't see him on the radios, but we hear a lot of him. And uh, we don't really often dig down into that. So looking forward to catching up with Rob on the other side of the next break. And before I get there, I better say happy birthday to my big brother, uh, Danny. He's, happy uh, birthday, Danny. Very close to 50s, or I'll say very, very close. Uh, so... Uh, he's not there yet, but it's coming, and uh, hopefully he can get a birthday present tomorrow night at Cranbourne uh, when his uh, mayor, Yering Soho, goes around. I'll be judging, so I can't tip or anything. But uh, oh, Is that the case? So when you judge, you're not allowed to... Uh... C- correct. Radio. Not allowed yeah. to tip, not allowed to bet, of course. I don't bet at all, Paul. I haven't yep. had a bet uh, probably for about since Melbourne won the grand final uh, against the Bulldogs. Since the last... Melbourne won the grand final. Mm. Who do you follow in the footy? Bulldogs. Oh, my God. I was invested on oh, Melbourne. I was invested yeah. on Melbourne, though, on Very that occasion. That uh, was a good result. Oh, uh, that's okay. Good. Yeah, so see, mate, you don't bet with emotion, mate. You bet with your head. I used to have a bet on the footy, mainly. Yes. Um, and mainly uh, total points. I was going to say, that's where the that's where the smartest punters bet. Overs, unders, totals, points, and line betting. Yep. I had a theory. Yeah. I, 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 we've got about 60 seconds. So I, can, I had a quick theory. When a side gets belted one week, the next week, the line was generally high, thinking that it'd be high scoring. Yes. But they go into defense mode. Yep, I and, like that. And it was generally low scoring. I like that. And it was a uh, pretty profitable okay. theory that I had for I a couple like of years. But then, I don't know, I just I just got, I just didn't want to do it anymore. So I stopped doing that. And I haven't had a bet since then. I haven't had a bet in the trots for, oh, geez, I don't know, five or six years. There you go. So yeah. since I started judging. Not allowed. As long as the mail's good. As long as you're tipping winners. It's actually different when you're tipping without yeah. betting. You see yeah. things just that little bit differently. You do, don't you? Clearer or... Or not clearer. Depends yeah, on how you exactly, want to. Exactly. Exactly. Depends exactly on how you right. want to view it. Exactly right. Let's get a breakaway. We'll come back with Rob Alber on the other side. Welcome back to Trot's Life. It is our Thursday edition, and Rob Orber joins us. Rob, I know you're at Maryborough, and how are you today, mate? I'm well. Uh, we're backing up after stall yesterday. Uh, looking forward to uh, the nine race card program today at Maryborough at Toby, and hopefully, uh, well, hopefully we're calling nine winners for everyone listening in, and hopefully uh, the punters are finding a winner too. You probably watched a race at Shep last night, did you as well? Yeah, I watched a few. I watched a few. There was there was a couple. Actually, was, I had a couple in last night. I had little Twilight Beach who ran second, and uh, Nikki Nana uh, won again. So uh, we we had a good night. You certainly did. Now I want to go back a little bit here, Rob. So at some point in nineteen ninety four, there was a horse called She's a Beauty that had four starts for poor males. It bought out in Tasmania or something, I think. 
Yeah, yeah. So, so it pretty much started my breeding career, I suppose, uh, in in harness racing. Toby, both Paul and I, uh, as teenagers, uh, worked at Ian Dornoff Stables uh, oh, yeah, yeah. As, as youngsters. I, I had a I had a couple of years over Paul and. Uh, on the school holidays and spare time weekends, I used to go up there uh, and, and work some horses, uh, and that's where I met Paul. And uh, at the time, um, Ian, obviously from Tasmania, had a great connection with his family there, and um, yeah. they had a, a mare called She's a Beauty who was at the end of her racing career. And um, Ian sort of said to me, "Oh, look, you know, I was pretty young still at the time, in the early twenties," and he just said, "Look, if you." want to start breeding um this is a really good family to get into and um yeah. i sort of looked into it and and she you know she was a sister related to he's a jazzer and go back a few uh few generations uh, i think uh, one of the original mares was one of the australian broodmare of the year so that's why i ended up purchasing the horse at the time i, I paid i think i paid about six thousand dollars for it. i paid a bit oh, of money wow. for it back then yeah. yeah i paid a bit of money for it back then and um she only had the one foal, and, and she died on me because she was out of the Torado Hanover family, which yeah. was back then uh, they were just uh, they, were, they were just just winning everything back then. Um, and she only had the one foal, and that foal was a horse called Precious Millie. And I, I want to tell you, I used to work her in track work. It was the slowest horse yeah. you could ever ever find in your life. It, it, I'm not kidding. It was that slow. It was embarrassingly slow. And uh, she, was she, raced. She, she raced. She had seven starts, and she beat a couple home on an occasion or two. Yeah, I think she finished <laughs> close to the last on those seven starts. And, and it was funny because she was by What's Next. And, yeah. you know, I was always a huge fan of Golden Rain, who was by What's Next. And most of the What's Next uh, good horses were all, all colts and geldings. All, all, the, all the fillies and mares weren't much chop. And, yeah, yeah. Um, but they turned out to be really the good broodmares. Mm. So I elected to breed with her, and um, and I'll be honest, the, the horse that she left was Bella Aurora, who who ran around in the in the two-year-old Vic Brett final, only had about five starts and broke down. She she did attend him, but we we thought the world of her at the time, and um, unfortunately, well, I retired her early, well, and she went on to become Bella's delights mother. Well, you would have because by this stage you've been pottering around at this at I don't know nearly ten years by the time she got to the Vic Brett final, and you'd had seven starts without a placing from breeding horses. So it really wasn't just beer and Skittles from the start. No. Oh, no. Far from it. Yeah. And look, you know, and, and Paul and I both, uh, you know, I think it's fair to say, we both uh, had L plates on um, yeah, yeah. And, and trying to learn learn our way through uh, through the trade. And, you know, Paul obviously uh, wanted to go down the uh, the training path. I thought it was all too hard, so I thought oh, I'll, I'll go get a job. But too I'll taxing. Keep, but I'll keep I'll keep feeding you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, so that was pretty much the journey, and and you know that journey's you know has, has lasted you know forty forty years. It's been a it's been a great journey. We, we've had some great times together. Great times. So those that don't know, Bella Aurora, ten foals, ten winners, including Bella's delight, four hundred forty thousand. She Clearly the highlight, three-year-old Vic Bread, three-year-old Breeders' Crown, four-year-old Vic Bread, and uh, you, you had some wonderful times with her, Rob. Uh, she was, uh, you know, she, she was my uh, my dream horse that I, I sort of always hoped that one day we could get one that um, would be good enough to give me a great journey. And, look, I've been really fortunate. I've had a lot of mm. nice horses over the years, a lot of horses that have won nice races. Uh, 
but but she she was the, the super special one and and then I um I, I took a bit of a punt buying Mickey Nono out of the paddock and um out I really the liked the Benelise. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was look I'll be honest it was uh, one of the most bravest moves I've ever made and um I, and I don't normally do this but I was so entrenched with Benelise as a young horse where Peter Judd and, and, and the Judd family had her and she only a little bit similar to the to the Bella Aurora type scenario. She she had about eight or nine starts, but she won most of those races back then. And and she was just such a talented mare. And her racing career was short lived. And then she went on to stud. And I always followed her foals because of um, because I always loved the mare. You know, I always thought she was pretty special. And Bentley sort of left a a few at the time that were okay, but they they virtually come good in that second half of her breeding and the. Uh, Nikki Nono was out a sports rider who no one probably knew at the time, but she was pretty much bred on the same lines as Soho Valencia and a few of their crosses with Art Major. And I think Major Dan turned out to be one of them as well. And yeah, yeah. Because a because sports rider, no one really knew sports riders. So I, I knew they had the horse ready to go to the sales. So I, I sort of rung them up and said, look, I, I'd really like to buy her if I could make a good offer for it. And um, so I went up and, you know, I honestly, Craig, I remember Craig saying to me, you're not going to be impressed with what you see. She's very little. And um, I went to the paddock and I just drove up there on my own and I said, I'll take her. And, you know, I think he thought I was a bit nuts because she was very small. But Ben Elise was small. And that's what I said to him. I said, well, yeah, yeah. Ben Elise is a small horse and she's gone on and done a great job at stud. So, and Nicky Nono turned out to win the Victoria Oaks. So I, I, I thought it was a pretty brave, <laughs> brave and bold move, but and, it paid and, off. And a Vic Brett, two-year-old Vic Brett, and 32 yeah, starts, yeah, 14, 14 wins. Friends, and. Man. Yeah, it was a big, brave, bold move. And th- this was, for people that know Ben Elise, this was before Soho Valencia raced and before yep. Major Dan and Wardan Express were born. So we'll put those feathers in the cap. Now, Bendigo Saturday night, a, a descendant from She's a Beauty and a descendant, well, a bit more directly from Nikki No-No, both meet in the one race, Rob. Yes, they both meet in the in the one race. So I, I and I, I'm 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 in the callers box as well on Saturday night. So the pressure's right on for me. Um, calling two of my uh, my I, I call them my uh, my my children because yeah, as you yeah. can imagine they're, yeah. they're both first foals out of my two great mares. And yeah. for anyone that knows me, it, it's been interesting because both you know I retired pretty much both horses very similar, and um, they they both went to stud together. They both had a foal together. And both LaBelle Bijou and um, Nikki, Nikki Nana spent all their life together in the paddock. They got broken in at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah. They've, they've, they've been at track work the whole time. And um, and I separated them recently. Uh, putting it this way, Nikki Nana and I have had a bit of a love-hate relationship. Um, yeah, yeah. She's been, that, she's been that naughty child where, you know, You've got children, and some are some are great kids. They're all great kids, but some are a bit naughtier yeah. than others. And, yeah, I um, was. <laughs> yeah, and she's just been. Her and I have never really got on. There's been a few times over the course of her life, I've I've gone to sack her a few times because she she gives me uh, how would I put it? I, I feel like she she's a little bit of a cheat. I call her a little bit of a cheat because she doesn't give me a hundred percent every time she goes out there. And yeah. um, she she's she's been a very fluctuating type uh, mare where at times. And for no reason, make make no mistake, this is, it was it had nothing to do with uh, personalities here. This was just the horse, and um, and and the horse I felt 
just, you know, she went fourth in the Vic Bread final last year behind Tough Tilly and, and Doug's Platter. And I thought she overachieved back then. Um, mm. And then we gave her a spell. She sort of improved one first up, went really well. And then she sort of, I don't know, she, she just doesn't give you all 100%. So I decided to send her the boarding school. I thought, you know what, <laughs> uh, I'm kicking you out of the family home. <laughs> what, about um, the, what about the crazy lecturer? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Well, that's how I looked at it. You know, I thought, you know what, you've been you've been raised in a really good family home, and yeah. um, I, I think I'm sending you to boarding school. I think you can go out and have a little change in life. And uh, it, it, it's been amazing. Oh, look, you know, I think we're all you know we're all a little bit taken, but it's 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 really hard. You should be really happy. I, I feel that love hate relationship still exists right now because I yeah, sort of yeah. look at her and go. Geez, you annoy me. <laughs> she she has got the ability, and and look, you know, well done to, to Julie and Glenn at the moment. They've, they've uh, really clicked with her, and you know, to, to think she's had four starts with four wins, I think it's uh, exceeded everyone's expectations, to be honest. Uh, it'll be it'll be a thrill to call them both, Rob. And I, off the top of the show, I was talking about Brian Markovic and Blue Eagle winning that derby and commentating it, and Paul Sebastiani brought up, you know, Fields of Omar winning a Cox Plate. I know it's not quite that level on. Saturday night, but after all the journey you've been through over so many years, to have the two first foals from your two great mares race against each other at Bendigo and to be there and to commentate it, I reckon it's a cool thing. Yeah, thank you. And they're drawn next to each other, and uh, they've spent a lot of time working together in track work. Now they've got different colours on. It'll be interesting to see uh, who has a crack at who, I think. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be quite, quite quite funny to watch to be honest but no look i'm looking forward to it it's a bit of a thrill look it doesn't beat much for most people but uh, i suppose as you said uh toby you know when you when you've been entrenched in the game all your life and you yeah. put your heart and soul into it and then you get the call and it's it's a pretty special moment have you got a very quickly only got 60 seconds you got a best bet today at maryborough for us something that really stands uh, out I've yeah, look, I think look, I think we saw should be winning uh, race four, number three, follow the ace. It's had the two runs for, for Steve uh, O'Donoghue and Rebecca Bartley. I think both runs have been, you know, pretty good. And uh, look, I think it's about dollar seventy at the moment. But I think it's a special today. It should be winning. Uh, I'll be very disappointed if it wasn't winning race four, number three at Maryborough. And, uh, outside of that, I thought it was a pretty even sort of day. So that'll be uh, that'll be my best bet for the for the for the day. All right, Rob, thanks so much for joining us, mate. And uh, she's a beauty to precious Millie. Seven starts without a place. You kept going and persisting. And uh, you've got some just reserve, uh, just, just, uh, I can't even think of the word. Reward. Uh, reward. Yeah. That's the one. That's the one. Just reward for your efforts in the breeding game and enjoy Saturday night, mate. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, good on you, Toby. Thanks for having us. Have a great time. Thank you. There's Rob Orber with the two runners on Saturday night at Bendigo. It's race three for those that want to catch it at 6.59pm. A break and we've still got plenty to come in the second hour on Trot's Life. Well, welcome back to Trots Live. Those following along the cricket that might have uh, the screen on as well. Eight for two forty. We just uh, yep. Gary Lyon just got a wicket, and uh, I don't think it's going to be much longer. And Australia will be back batting with about an eighty-run yeah. lead by the looks of it. They Paul. will be. Hopefully, it's game on as well. The Pakistanis have put up a uh, a bit more of a fight than they did in Perth, so uh, a bit of improvement. And uh, it looks like 
I'm hoping we're uh, we're going to go to the last day. That'd be nice. Big second hour still to come. Mick Gurren yep. should be on the other side. I sent him an email. I normally get one back. I haven't got one back, so I assume he'll be there on the other side. Otherwise, uh, we're going to have a bit of a chat, Paul, you and I. Uh, we'll Either way, it's going to be great. We'll catch up with Simon Jones as well from South Australia. No Jamie Cockshut today as the fields aren't out for Carrick yet. We'll uh, catch up with Jamie for some tips tomorrow. And Ben Swan, a young man from New South Wales who's bringing some down for Cranbourne Friday night. We'll meet him later in the show. Oh, welcome back to Trot's Life. Our great mate from across the ditch, Mick Gurren, is with us. Mick, firstly, mate, uh, how are you? How was Christmas and uh, whereabouts are you today? Uh, late in Auckland, Toby. I'm doing a bit of both, a bit of golfing, a bit of Alexandra Park, a bit of Pukekohe. Uh, Christmas was good. Actually, half a day off, which was um, yeah. yeah, the first time I've done that for a while. So really enjoyed myself having half a day off. And um, But, yeah, it's, it's a very serious time for New Zealand racing at the moment. We have... Both codes doing um, you know, some really big stuff. So yeah, looking looking forward to seeing how it all unfolds in the next sort of uh, yeah, just about a week and a bit. Tell you a horse I don't know much about, Mick. I know he ran a good fourth in the New Zealand Cup. Is American Me, and he's fired that up with a win in the Invercargill Cup. He's got a record that's only so-so in, but he's just feels like he stepped up that little bit the last few months. Yeah, remarkable story. He was racing on the Manawatu circuit, yeah. uh, which isn't very good. Um, and, and that's about, without being derogatory, it's equivalent to sort of racing at Mildura week in, week out. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then jumping on the bus and coming down to Melton and, and winning a Group 1. So um, sometimes when those things happen, you get a bit suspicious, but, but there's no qualms about this one. He's trained by some really straight, legit guys, the Whites. Brent and Tim, father and son, and driven by Sarah O'Reilly, who's done a bit of mm. driving in Australia in recent years. And, uh, he's just a very good stayer. I, I don't think the smaller tracks uh, of Manawatu suited him quite as well as the bigger tracks, like Addington or Invercargill, where he can get ahead of steam up. And Sarah drove him like a really good stayer last week, and he got the job done in 357. And this is the $110,000 Invercargill Cup last Saturday. Uh, last Friday, um, 3.57 for two miles. So that, that's a good horse's time. And beat self-assured. He did have a 20-metre start off self-assured. But yeah, look, yeah. he's done a good job. He's probably the emerging horse. There's, there's not enormous depth outside the top five or six in New Zealand. So, look, he finds himself as a horse who's a factor, maybe not to win the best cups, but to run placings in them because he's a happy, healthy, good-staying horse with good manners. So, yeah, a lot of people really happy to see that last Friday because the Whites are popular guys. Sarah O'Reilly's a very popular girl, and it just all worked out really well as a nice little Christmas treat um, for those who follow a bit of harness. As I said, it'll be like the best horse in Mildura coming to town and you know, and beating catch a wave in a race. Like, it can happen. It yeah, does yeah. happen sometimes, but, but you enjoy them when they do. I'd have thought his phone might have rung a few times since too, the uh, the Whites, and Mick Boots was probably one of them ringing him. I wouldn't be surprised, mate. Well, I think he's just an old rough and tumble horse. I'm not sure he'd be suited to Australia. Look, he's not much good off the mobile, and, and to be honest, um, you know, there's no standing starts in Victoria to suit him, and I think the tracks would be too small. I just think he's a knock-around horse owned by a big syndicate of people who's found himself at a time where... Being found, being on the speed and, and sticking races out is, is close to good enough in New Zealand because there was no accouter in that race, obviously. Um, uh, you know, 
copies that sidelined again. So all of a sudden, by the time you get through self-assured, he's, he's pretty old. Um, and, you know, a couple of the ones around them, there's, there's not a scary bunch of horses with BD toes and those sort of horses sidelined. Uh, Akuda is in the Franklin Cup on New Year's Eve, though. Yep, he is. So that's his, his lead-up to what's happening in Australia. So, look, he's up against his own stable, mate. Um, don't stop dreaming. I'm going to smoke to Mark Burton about that because he's off a 30-metre handicap. I said, do you reckon you'll beat Don't Stop Dreaming? And he said, look, I think Akuda's the better chance of the two. I don't like backing horses off handicaps, you know, particularly in good races like that. But um, his wins, his signature wins in the spring, the Kaikoura Cup and the Ashford Burton Flying Stakes, both times he settled last anyway. So mm-hmm. he settled last and, and mm-hmm. then looped them and, and, and was still able to win. So it's not like he's a horse who we don't think can come from last. So he's going to need to come from last on Sunday night. It's a, it's a Sunday twilight type meeting. So it's about 10 past five uh, Melbourne time. But yeah. Look, he's good enough to do that. If they run along and try to beat him, um, they might get to the bottom of him and stretch him out too much, and he, and he may not be able to win. But it is still a lead-up race. He obviously has been targeted at the Hunter Cup, which is his new grand final this time round. So, yeah, I, I think he'll win. I think the tab here gave $2.10. I think that was pretty fair. I don't think he'll pay that race day because uh, the punters both here and there will know his name and they'll know Mark Purd and and they'll tend to gravitate towards those two factors. And the, the trot race, the Green Lane Cup trot, uh, the depth here, Mick, and I think this is some sort of an issue, is it not, in the New Zealand trotting ranks? I don't... Well, I know all cashed up, of course, and, and resolved, but the rest I don't know a lot about, to be honest. It's a nice horse in this race. It's called Dream of You. Yeah. Um, tried to buy him a couple of times and, and fa- failed both times. <laughs> I tried to buy him after the first half of 50, and I tried to buy him for... 30 about a year ago and he had nine races in a row without placing. But he's a pretty good horse. He came out last time and beat Resolve. Resolve ran third in the Dominion. So she's you know, she's a proper horse. But yeah, it's funny. Our open class trotting ranks are a little bit like yours at the moment. We've got mm. these two really good horses um, as you have over there. And then you've got those other horses who will take their turns. You know, they'll They'll, they'll pop up, they'll win the free-for-alls. Will they win the proper Group 1s, the actual Grand circuity type Group 1s? Probably not. They'll be won by Just Believe or Queen Elida, and that's sort of the case for our ones. You know, Muscle Mountain, Oscar Bonavina will dominate most of them. Bolt for Brilliance. Tony Hula, he's telling me he's still concerned. The horse um, isn't at his best and is not recovering as quickly as he would like mm. from some recent issues with... Uh, with his chest and his breathing. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. Uh, we've got those three sort of good ones and, and not a lot coming through to scare you. And that's um, that's going to provide a chance for a horse like Resolve this week, who's actually joined John Dickey's stable. Uh, his son, Josh, is back driving on Friday, oh, sorry, Sunday, at Alexandra Park. And, and then he'll make the move in about three, two or three weeks' time across with with his, uh, his now fiancé, uh, Sammy Kilgour. So they got engaged last week, I am told, by people who observe social media. So pretty exciting time in Josh's life. He's coming home, he's working for Steve Telfer, uh, and he has a new fiancé, even though uh, Sammy and, and Josh have been together for quite a while. I was going to say, he didn't really rush into it, let's face it. <laughs> no, no, I've been, I've, been, I've been writing him about it for about five years with, with Sammy's, uh, Sammy's approval. But long story short, we got there, so, yep. Uh, very good, Mick. Uh, any other news from across the ditch there? Um, it's going to be interesting to see whether Oscar Bonavina comes for the Great Southern Star. Uh, Mark Purden suggests it's about 70-30 no. I, I don't think he will. 
unless you know just believe you know stood on a snake or something in the next month and you know you took him out of the race i think that would make it far more attractive for them i think they'll park up over here and races they can win and should win mm. um, and do themselves no harm so Yes, I, I think Just Believe um, will scare most of, if not all of, the Kiwis away from uh, the great Southern Star. So, yeah, don't be expecting too many of them to be coming across the Tasman anytime soon. It's something we've talked about a lot on this show. It's a pretty big expense to go to to take a risk at having a crack at a race where, yeah, there is a great reward if you win it, where the option is to stay home, smaller, smaller fish, but, geez, they taste fish. They taste sweet when you win them, at least. Well, it's no different to, you know, Greg and G Sugars making a decision around yeah. um, around Sweden. Yeah. Great fun to go, but, but at some stage you've got to say, you know, these horses are small businesses and you're going to monetize them. And, yeah. and there's no money in just going around for the fun of it. So, uh, yes, I don't think I will be going anywhere unless we hear something else. Yeah, and uh, hopefully he's at uh, the trot slot race. That's where I want Just Believe to be because I'm planning on going, Mick. Uh, it'll be great to have you over here, mate. It's, yeah. it's, it's important to have these races, but it's also important to have the media to tell people about them um, so they know what's going on. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, it's supposed to be a holiday, but I'll be working, no doubt, as well. As as you well know, Mick, it never ends for us. Thanks thanks so much, mate. Have a great thanks on, again. You, happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year to you, and thanks for the great year you've given us uh, on Trot's Life. We look forward to doing right. it next year with you. Fun. Good on you, brother. There's Mick Gurren, our great mate from across the Dutch, as I always say. Let's get a breakaway. Simon Jones, he's on holiday somewhere, but he's still happy to come on and have a chat about SA Racing. Oh, welcome back to Trot's Life. It is our Thursday edition moving day, as I call it. The first race at Maryborough is underway. There's, uh, it's a three-year-old maiden trot. They've had 35 starts combined, this lot, but no wins in three placings. Sounds like a pretty there'll average be, bunch. Yeah, well, <laughs> there'll be some inexperienced horses, and no doubt they've made plenty of mistakes as well as they're learning the uh, trotting caper in, in races. So uh, I don't have a tip or anything in it. It's too late for you to get on anyway, of course, as they have uh, started. But uh, whoever wins this race will be pretty happy, uh, obviously. For obvious reasons, but uh, yeah, they're um, they're they're a uh, we're at the lower level of our three-year-old trotters here. They've had a whole year to to race as three-year-olds. Our season they changed Paul on January first. Yep. So we changed that a few years ago just to uh, push the two-year-olds back effectively that little bit, give them that little bit longer to mature and develop. We still have the same breeding season, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, um, they've. They've had a whole year to have a crack as three-year-olds, and none of these horses, of course, won a race. The leader, Gunny T, or Rita Burnett and Michael Tobin, it has run a second. It's had nine starts, <laughs> and it has run a second. Uh, the other one that's placed is Belly Angus. That's Ginger Gleason's horse, who's currently seventh. Uh, it's run two-thirds, but Gunny T looks the one to beat, although Zave O'Connor in second spot on uh, Una Guy. That's like eel, a Japanese eel, isn't is it? it? Oh, guy? I've got no idea. Uh, possibly. He's behind the leader. And Here comes the favourite. Oh, Bel- Bellman. Is he on the favourite? Yep. They had a great result yesterday, the Lights. They won the uh, the Mary race at the stall yesterday. There's a lot of local victories. It was a great win. It's on the outside, our shipping steel. She's got a bit tight. Our Una guy puts his nose out. Inside. Inside. Our Una guy. Uh, has won, beaten I'm Shipping Steel. 
trained by the lights, just trotted that little bit rough there in the last 100 metres. It was just bobbled a tiny, tiny bit. I'm shipping seals, probably cost it the win. Gunny T has galloped across the line, but there's no horses uh, covering it, so it will get third for those that were listening. Might get Simon Jones up now, Paul, as you uh, to the yes. paddling behind the scenes, and we'll have a chat to Simon. He's our great mate from South Australia who has joined the show over the last four or five months. We've it's got... going to be great radio here. You're going to hear me in the background saying, Simon, you're right to go? No, nah, no. Nah, I'll that... cut the mic off. Yeah, you t- <laughs> if you turn your mic off, no. See no, you, guys. No one's, gonna, no one's going to hear you, Paul. Turns the mic off. He's got Simon queuing up. They've got 10 races at uh, Globe Derby on Saturday night. Um, they normally run like a New Year's Eve cup-type race, don't they? Uh, I thought they do. Uh, but can't see a cup as such. Uh, so, no, just a standard sort of a meeting. He's uh, pretty good on the tipping, though, uh, Simon. Uh, once we get to him in a moment or two. Tipped Victory George last week at Mount Gambier at $5.50. And uh, what's happened here at the cricket? Is it is it all out? The cricket's all out. Nathan Lyons got the final wicket, and they're all out for 264 at the cricket. Ready to rock and roll, Toby. Simon is there. Thank you very much, Paul. Uh, Simon, you. mate, how are you? Uh, how was Christmas and whereabouts are you today? You're on. You're away, are you? Yeah. <coughs> so you're going to have to take a step to the left, mate, because that, that uh, reception's not the best. Go again. Nah, maybe two to the right. It's uh, there. We go. Is that better? Yeah, yeah. that's better. Don't move. <laughs> <laughs> Don't move, says Paul. How was Christmas anyway? Nah, we've lost him altogether, have we? Maybe. He's gone. He's gone. Skis. Hello. Oh, oh, no. hello. Yeah, I can hear you now, Simon. This is your last chance. Don't move. Uh, how was your Christmas? It was good. Very good. Whereabouts, whereabouts are you now? You're away somewhere. Down in North. So uh, kids are out on the fun and about to do some fishing, to be honest. Oh, very good, mate. Have you? Can you reel us in a winner or two for the weekend? You got Victory George last week up at Mount Gambier at five dollars fifty, which is a nice result. Yeah, one one winner's uh, not bad. I'd like a few more, but uh, yeah, we'll have a look at Globe Derby. I just have to get the fields up. Of course, I'm with Vodafone and internet pretty ordinary. That explains so. it. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow, <laughs> they've just come on board as a sponsor too, Paul. Oh, okay, that's off, right. so not that's, anymore. That's a, that's a worry. <laughs> um. I'm pretty keen on Phoebionics in the first. I couldn't tell you what number it is, but I had a look at the fields earlier. So I think R- it's number five. Race one, number six, Phoebionics. Yep. Yeah, I think it's hard to beat. I think American uh, American Beauty wins the last. Race 10, number seven. Race 10, number seven, American Beauty for Aaron Bain. And I think race nine, number seven, Aaron Bain wins... Uh, it's on the line will be hard. You won't get many odds, but you can you it, can uh, it, put it in a multi. It's a multi player now. Aaron's not far off that hundred for the year, is he? From from uh, he's cracked it. Oh, he's one hundred and seven. He, he cracked. Yeah, he cracked it a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I, I tried to get the premierships up today, of course, and uh, 
the internet wouldn't work. So I think Ryan still has a fairly handy, probably an unassailable lead for the drivers' premiership, and, and Aaron the same in the trainers. Hang on, I'll, I'll I can help you out here. So uh, we'll go to South Australia. Ryan is eleven clear of Wayne Hill. Uh, yep. So I don't think that will be changing. Is that updated from yesterday? So I'm not sure. I'm not, not sure on that, actually. Includes results. But, uh, I think Ryan got two and Wayne got four. So he's either 11 or nine clear anyway. So Yeah. Uh, actually, Ryan got three, didn't he? So, look, I think Ryan hangs on unless... Uh, oh, he's home. Um, yeah. Let's, yeah, there's not enough race meetings left. So. <laughs> where, where I got to the hunt, nearly 100 for Aaron, he's a 99 state trainer. That must have been where I saw it. Ryan Rohorek is 90. So he's nine clear of Ryan. So... Uh, that's pretty much done and dusted as well, particularly when you're tipping two of them as near certainties. And it says this page has been generated today, so that should be up to date. Yep. And there was another one I like, Ideal Melody, on an each-way basis. It's ready to win a race again at pretty good odds. So I think it's race eight or, or nine, but uh, one of uh, Ken and Greg Rogers race, had a good chance. Race eight, number five, Ideal Melody. So your tips, race one, number six, Phoebe Onyx. Race eight, number five, Ideal Melody. Race nine, number seven, Wings on the Line will be short, but it's great for the multiplayers. And race 10, number seven, American Beauty. All right, mate, we'll let you get back to the kids. Make sure uh, you catch a, catch a fish or two. It's not something I really get involved in the fishing, but uh, what what will you be trying to catch? Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's gone. We've lost the line what? here. I think I caught whiting. Oh, whiting. Did I catch whiting? Yeah, you caught whiting? whiting? Yeah, we'll try See? for some yellow fin whiting. My, my uh, ears. Mate. <laughs> yellow, yellow fin whiting is the final tip of the day from Simon. Simon, thanks for, it's been about four or five months we've had you as part of the show. Once again, thanks for the year, mate, and look forward to working with you over the next 12 months. Sounds great. All the best. Thanks, Toby. Very good. There is Simon Jones with some yellowfin whiting coming on board shortly. Bang. Um, are you a fisherman, Paul? Uh, I am not really a fisherman, but I do have a... Uh, I, I'm interested in it. I like watching fishing shows. Rex Hunt <laughs> Fishing Adventures, E.T. E.T.'s the movie, isn't it? E.T.'s uh, e. the movie. No, it was... Better uh, Little Alien. Comes e. to Australia. E.T. fishing show. Escape with E.T. Uh, it was the Andrew initial. Eddinghausen. Yeah. Uh, what was what's his name? Andrew Eddinghausen, I think. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah Andrew Eddinghausen. I was just yeah. messing with you. There you go. I was just messing well with played. you. Well played. I'm not much of a fishing show person. You got me, uh, you got me hook, line, and sinker. Do we have a vomit noise no, on no, the no, okay. no, 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 no. That's my sort of style, those, <laughs> those sort of jokes. <laughs> so I've been told off the text line. Oh, have you? Yeah. Who's Stu? What did he say? Stu off the text line said, uh, it was either Stu or Big Fella said, get ready for his dad jokes. Did they? Yeah. When did they send that in? Uh, this is gonna it might be have been Wednesday. I think, I think yesterday or the day before. I just kept, I kept it under wraps though. You did keep it under To use it at the right time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't been too hardcore on the bad jokes actually. I've kept you pretty much uh, free. I actually had a, uh, a funny one that we got told yesterday. I was mentioning, did I, have I, did I mention Billy Connolly to you on air? No, not no, to I me. mentioned it to Steve Cleave when I was on with Steve Cleave last night. I don't know what happened, but we got on the topic of farts. Right? And, he, <laughs> and he says never trust a fart when you're over 50. Right, yeah. Is that that story? Now, that, yeah, this yeah. was a different – so Billy Connolly, my favorite comedian, he was on set doing a movie with Steve Buscemi and Stanley Tucci was a director, right? Yeah, yeah. And they had a fart machine. 
but it was one of those ones where you know they're in. It's like in a little plastic bowl, and it's like the goo. I don't know, and it yeah. just goes makes a anyway, fart noise, obviously, yeah. right? And they were mucking about with it, and they got to a joke where it's a hilarious joke. The way Billy Connolly tells it, so um, the Queen's mother. And the King of Tonga were at a coronation ceremony. And there were the Queen's horses, you know, the horse cavalry that takes people along. Yeah. And they got off and they're all standing there in a row. And one of the horses farted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, works one. And right, the yeah. Queen's mother turned to the King of Tonga and said, oh, I apologize, I'm sorry. And the King of Tonga said, oh, I thought it was a horse. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. But the way Billy Connolly says it in his Scottish accent just makes it even funnier. So... Uh, I know Big Fella had a good laugh about that. I think Big Fella or Roy and Roy and Rock were having a good laugh at it over the text line last night. So yeah, that that good. Uh, Roy or Rock, one of them sends in jokes. Yeah, Rock Rock does. He sends Rock in the dirty jokes. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and Roy yeah. sends in a few funny ones. But uh, Big Fella's on the text line. He reckons you're a very good fisherman. You like to throw the line out there. You get a lot of bites. I reckon. For for me. Yeah, that's from Big Fella. That's yeah, the text line. I think Big Fella's speaking metaphorically because. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've probably caught, I think, maybe two fish in my life. Fishing. Really? Yeah. Is that all? Yeah. Deary me. Uh, from about three attempts, I reckon. I reckon I've caught more. Mm. I've, I've had more than three attempts, so I reckon I've had definitely double you figures. Know, off the Portsea Pier. You know what big fella caught when he went fishing just out the back of his place? What did he catch? A diamond. Caught a diamond? Yeah. In, in the, the rough? In Because he's from Diamond Creek. So, ah, so right, I assume okay, right, if okay, you go fishing okay. in, in that creek, you're right. looking for diamonds. Ah, that's terrible, mate. <laughs> that's shocking. That is absolutely terrible. It wasn't <laughs> a joke. It was a true story. <laughs> I hope my, he'll, I get, hope. he'll be down there tonight, big fella. And uh, he might... <laughs> wonder if he's packed up all those Christmas decorations. It'll be a day's work in that. I Have you ever seen a photo of what he does with his place? I haven't, no. Stunning. Really? It, the Christmas, you know, the Christmas lights? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he does, goes a full hog, does he? Yeah, he is he's oh, outstanding. Almost, I was crook Saturday. I was going right. to drive over and surprise him. Okay. Don't know where they live, but I would have just driven around <laughs> right. until I found them. I just put the... I just put the porch light on for Christmas. <laughs> That's all you know what? It's funny. As a family, we've never done the whole Christmas lights thing. It just never well, never came to us. I don't I, know why. I've nearly always been on land, so it just doesn't quite work when you're doing it. You know, there's just not the traffic and different if you yeah, live in the yeah, suburbs. Yeah, 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 exactly. The burbs are different. Yeah. Well, we, I don't even know how I'd get power down on the you front fence. Right. I'd need... At my place, I'd need 100 metres of lead. I think it's in, uh, I think in Ivanhoe, there's the, it's either in Ivanhoe or Kew, where there's a, the, 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 the strip, it. yeah, there's a whole, the whole street, they all do it, it's like a tradition, so, um, if you're new in that street there, you have to make sure you've got the Christmas lights up, so, um, you can't say Christmas these days, apparently. City, I've, I've brought this oh, up a few times yeah. on SCN Track, Stonington City Council has gone with the Make Merry. Make Merry, yeah, that's fair enough. Make Merry Borough. Uh, yeah, mate, very well. <laughs> Let's get to the 12.30 news. Uh, we'll come back the other side. We'll have another short segment here. And then I'm looking forward to meeting young Ben Swan in the last half an hour yes. of the show. Oh, welcome back to Trot's Life. Big day of harness, isn't it? Maryborough and Mildura tonight. We've given... Darren Carroll, I've given him a bit of time off, bit of a break, and yep. uh, he's away with his family. He normally tips on Giddy Up or and or uh, Trots Life. Sometimes I'll, we pinch that audio to do it easily. 
A uh, few horses going around tonight at Mildura that uh, we, we know and, and love. Uh, uh, Darren's had a lot of success with a horse called I'm Stuck Man. Gadsden will be up there, no doubt, tonight. Uh, he's driving him and he's got his own horse, Mark Lee Kaz, great friend of the show, uh, Mickey Gadsden. Uh, so, yeah, 11 at Mildura tonight. First race is at 5.36. Not sure if Pogasold has put anything up yet on Twitter, but... If he does do that, as Australia's lost the wicket straight up. Wasn't it? gone. Second ball. See you later. Wow. Port Rizwan. Bye-bye. Yeah. Wow. Mm. I didn't, see, boy. didn't see it, but uh, that'll change things along a little bit. That yep. uh, puts a little bit of pressure on that middle order all of a sudden. That's if a another bit, wicket falls. Nah, they're, they're used to handling that pressure. And drags Warner back that little bit, that he doesn't quite have that freedom that he normally does. Uh, and, of course... Rob Orba's best of today was race number four, number three, follow the ace for Steve O'Donoghue, Beck Bartley, and Steve's son, Corey, taking the drive owned by John Icorn, who is someone who'd be well known as uh, an owner of theirs for many, many years and had some very good horses as well across the journey. Let's get a breakaway, Paul. We'll come back the other side. And we'll get hold of Ben Swan, a young 20-year-old trainer who's got a very busy couple of days coming up. Welcome back to Trot's Life. And Ben Swan has joined us. Ben, firstly, mate, how are you and whereabouts are you today? How you going? Yeah, not too bad. Yourself? Yeah, I'm... Um Travelling pretty good. We're uh, still back up at uh, Dapto in New South Wales. Dapto? It's not a real harness racing stronghold, is it, Dapto? That's not what I think in my mind. We all know the Greyhounds, of course, but is there many trainers there? Uh, there was in, in the 1980s and 1990s, uh, including my grandfather and uncle and uh, a few other trainers. But uh, the industry sort of died off a little bit around the area of late and... Um, yeah, everything's all moved north to uh, Tadcliffe Apartment Angle, and um, yeah. I'm just fortunate enough for it to uh, still be based here in my grandfather's property and uh, training a good team out of it, and it's working well. Your grandfather's not Ken Swan, is it? Yep, that's correct. Yeah, okay. Oh, he was a good trainer, mate. He had a good horse in the early 2000s, which you wouldn't remember, but you've probably heard some stories about called Prince Rama. Yeah, yeah, heard that. Uh, there's a lot of photos and... Um, trophies up with the horse inside the house and uh yeah it was a good horse in the early 2000s i was born just around that time so i never got yeah. to have any part of the horse um but yeah no nah, it was a top <laughs> horse he had a couple of good ones earlier on down the down the piece and he just seemed to just retire as i was getting into the game so it was sort of just the switch over wasn't quite right yeah so was he your inspiration to get involved or is your mum and dad involved in it uh, more, yeah, grandfather. Um, I had a, a cousin and an uncle across the road um, with Greg Pollard and Kevin Hayes. Um, they were big in the sport and uh, Kevin had a pony over there that I started mini trots with and got into the industry that way right from a young age. And Kevin was a massive part of uh, my first kickstart and um, so was uh, Ken as well. He was sort of... Everything I was in the right location at the right time to be starting around that time, and then on my mother's side, uh, we had galloping trainer Joe Janiak that had takeover target, and um, oh, yeah. it sort of just led from there. Really, uh, Kevin Hayes was the the biggest influence in the uh, in the 
beginning of it anyway. So was that Pony Trotter incoming storm, was it? Yep, that is correct. That is it. And you, so you just got him and you started having a crack with him and learning how to drive and a little, uh, and training, I suppose, as well. You've got to train those mini trotters. Yeah, it was, uh, it, was a, it was a big difference, actually. It was probably sort of harder to drive one of the mini trotters yeah. in the race or yeah. bred to do it and the trotters aren't. Um, yeah, it was a little horse that he bought for a, uh, his grandson that never sort of got into it and sort of had been in the paddock for a long time. And uh, so then we sort of reached out and we sort of gave it a go. And it was a bit of a sort of all over the place, a bit a bit of a rat to start off with. But it brought me a long way and taught me how to drive and uh, just bits and pieces in how to train one properly. And yeah, it was, oh, it was, a, it was a huge start. We took it to um, championships at Tamworth and we took yeah. it across the country. And Neil Shaw was a big impact in the start of my career as well, taking the mini trotters everywhere. And um, no, it was a great kickstart. Yeah, very cool. Now, there was a horse way back, right? Our girl Pam, that your grandfather trained and your uncle Greg was a big part of as well. I think he might have owned half of her with him. She won nine races and was the mother of Woodland Girl, who's the mother of You Bet I Would. Now, I know uh, You Bet I Would hasn't done a lot for you, but is it pretty cool to be training a horse that descends down from one of your grandfathers? Oh, definitely. Uh, the plan was uh, Neil Shaw ended up having the mare, that Woodland Girl, and yeah. um, he ended up breeding the horse out of it and calling it what now, Swanee. And um, then the plan was to uh, bring the mare back and uh, put her in foal. And Pop said, oh, we'll, we'll put her in foal and we'll get a foal for you after you leave school. And uh, we can sort of have a good crack at one. And uh, now we've got him. He's been a long, long road in the process. He's been uh, he's, he's a big, big, crazy little horse. We've sort of just got him right at stages. Then we haven't. And then we've sort of up and down. But um, we were, I really want to win a race with that horse. And... Because of his last start, he sort of didn't pull up as well, and he's going to have to have a long time off now. He just sort of hasn't matured enough. But oh, it, it, for the inspiration and for them giving me a go, having a horse like that has been absolutely great. The, the time, the effort, the money spent into the horse and the family and along the lines, and, and for Pop to go and do that for me has been massive. And just to have a horse and hopefully win a race for them would be um, big. Yeah, it would certainly be, mate. He's had the seven trials, three starts for sixth, fourth, and seventh, and... Uh, it wasn't that long ago when you were in seventh, so he's going to have some time off, but uh, I'll keep my eye on him because that will be a special win, no doubt, when you have it. Now, tell us a bit about tonight at Penrith. You've got two runners in, Crazy Shippo and none greater in race one at Penrith tonight. Yep. Um, well, I both think they're a big chance. Um, over the Christmas period in time, it was hard to find races and uh, nominate them across the place and have owners all happy for the horses and everything like that. And um, so we sort of cross-nommed them between some places and found Penrith that was going to suit us pretty well. And we've just come up with some handy draws here tonight. And, um, yeah, hopefully one of them gets the chockies done anyway and the other one should go close. So then, And then what? It's about 90 minutes to Penrith. So you head home and are you coming all the way to Cranbourne tomorrow night? Well, as of the plan, probably. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I'll have to sort of think about what's going to happen. If the horses obviously go very good or don't pull up as well, we might not. But we were sort of just keeping our options big. Um, I do looking forward. I do want to come down to Victoria. I had a runner earlier in the year down there, none greater that I took down there to Shepparton, and they su supplied with a stable down there for the horse for a couple of days, and, oh, they were great for me down there. Yeah. And um, I just keep my options open. I saw the noms were extended for the Cranbourne, and I thought, oh, you know what? Bugger, we might as well just nominate three and see what happens. 
And, um, yeah, I, I do look to adventure to go down there. I have got more square trotters now, and I know it's a big industry down there for the square trotters at Maribor and Echuca and Cobram and all those places. And I yeah. do want to adventure down there, so that will be an um, option definitely in the next coming months. Because you've got Sheepweb Weaver in, who we've seen and we know, and, oh, he's a talented individual, Sheepweb Weaver, but we've never seen the best of him. And he's had a couple of trials for you for a couple of thirds, and I suppose he was half the motivation for coming down to Victoria. Yeah, definitely. Um, he's been given to me with an option, um, an opportunity from an owner that has uh, been very, very grateful to me and sent me horses left, right and centre. And um, this horse just popped up and um, we had him uh, sent to me and uh, he's done a great job so far and um, we're on the cusp of uh, getting him right and uh, his trials have been very good as of late. And um, no, we think he's probably one of the best in my yard and probably the best I've had ever. Okay, very good. So 20 years of age, what's the plan, mate? You're just having a crack at harness racing? Yeah, uh, it's been a long a long time uh, coming. I've always wanted to uh, do that as an industry and make it a full-time job. Uh, it's become a reality now in the last sort of six months, having opportunities and owners. And I want to just go as big as I can. I was in, in sort of golf and driving early on and I've had a drives and I've won a few races and yeah. um, and all that. But uh, And I trained under Kevin Hayes' name while I didn't have a licence as I was younger, not old enough. <laughs> and um, just built up now. I've got a nice team of my own. We've got 10 in work. And, um, yeah, we're just oh, looking to go as big as we possibly can. We'll explore everywhere. We'll go to Queensland, Victoria, as far as the eye can see. Mate, I love it. you got a bit of enthusiasm, a bit of passion, just a, a young bike having a crack. And uh, you've got one in at Penrith tomorrow night as well. So you obviously can't be in both places at once. Will you be sending the uh, stable foreman off to Penrith? Yeah, possibly, if we take the trek down to uh, Cranbourne. Yeah, yeah, definitely. One of them will be going up there. And uh, I did have a couple more nominated that got balloted out. But, uh, yeah, no, nah, it'll definitely go around. And um, I, I've always said if uh, there's no chance, they've still got to go around anyway just to pick up some, you know, going around money, especially for the owners. It keeps the owners involved, you know, the, the daily messages. You, you've got to keep the owners involved and keep the owners happy. Ben, thanks so much for joining us on Trot's Eye, mate. Best of luck over the next couple of nights. Best of luck with you, Bet I Would, going forward and your career into the future. Look forward to seeing you at, at, at a Melton or a Menangle or a Albion Park in the future. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me on. Good on you, Ben. There is Ben Swan, a young 20-year-old trainer who uh, is dead set having a crack. Let's clear... Our last commitment, they just ran the second at Maryborough. The Vickers girl gets up for Kevin Whedon back. Not the one we want to win a race, Kev. We've got an agreement. Uh, we need to get uh, Chevron Flies to win a race, but uh, that's a story for another day. Let's get a break away. We'll come back the other side and we'll close the show out and hand it over. We'll, put a, we'll wrap it up and put a bow on it, Paul, and hand it over to the trackside crew. Sounds great. Back to Trot's Life, Toby McKinnon. Got Paul Sebastiani on the buttons, a voice that many uh, regular listeners would know very well. And yes. had you for the week, Paul. Now, Geelong's, um Mornington's coming up in two minutes. Uh, it's scallops, but our fans are happy to get a winner anywhere. And you've got one of your best <laughs> here, race one, number one. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be going. It'll run top three. <laughs> Guess how many are in the race? Three. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't be going overly nuts uh, in a race like this, but I do like... Uh, Terry, Terry Bailey's with you. 
Is he? Mm. Well, that means I might not might have to lay <laughs> off then if that's the case. He'll, he'll call at home at the 200 to get resolved. Uh, yeah, Cyclone Coco did a little bit wrong um, in its jump out at Sandown. Uh, sort of looked like, to the eye, it looked like it changed legs as it cornered up into the straight. So still, what? Hey? It what? Changed legs. What, put the front ones on the back yes. and the back on the front? Yeah, so it, it, it's right leg, it's right front hoof was galloping in front of its left and then swapped. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. Okay, so when they turn, a lot of young horse, a lot of inexperienced horse, a lot of horses that run um, in a certain way, like when they hit a corner, they often sometimes weight their legs the other way and they, they swap they legs. Go on top or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a, a thing that horses do. So um, it's, a, it's a bit of a quirky thing that trainers sort of try to iron out. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, you, you hear when they say, oh, they're hopping on the other leg now. When they go, like sometimes Sydney horses, when they come to Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. Have to hop on the other leg. It can, yeah, it can. It can throw them out. But um, number one for me here, uh, Cyclone Coco was pretty keen as well. Um, uh, but having said that, out of this race, now in her eyes was accepted for this race today, but was scratched likely due to the track and the wet conditions, which we saw earlier in the morning. So I think if they can find, well, I know it's a good four track here, but if they find a nice bright day and if they can find a race where they draw a nice barrier, I think that in her eyes for Leon and Troy Corstens will be winning a maiden race just around the corner if they can find one. So Put an asterisk on that horse, put it in your black book or, or wherever you mark down your horses to follow. Um, in her eyes, uh, I think we'll be winning a maiden soon. Really, really like the jump outs of the horse. Uh, and the other one I like today, uh, Toby, was race five, number 10, edge of 17 for Zach Payne and Philip Stokes. Jump outs have been pretty speedy and I think we'll map nicely. And I like my horses fresh over the thousand meters. She's making her race debut. She's a daughter of Snitzel, who was a fantastic horse in his own right and has mm. been a fantastic father of horses German? in his own right. Is he German? Uh, Aussie bred. Was he an Aussie horse? Yeah, Aussie bred. Yeah, Jared Ryan. Yeah. Snitzel. I'm thinking of the wrong horse. You're thinking of the food. <laughs> no, maybe. No, no. They were away here. Horse. Uh, so, yeah, it'll go. It'll go straight to the front. This horse and be hard to beat. So, um, who's the big stallion that came out of Germany? Uh, oh, it doesn't matter. Stallion, I can't, I can't remember. So you're in front. Don't you want to watch this race? Um, oh, it's just another race, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching. I got. My, I'm doing the foo. I'm doing the Brian Martin. I've got one eye on here and <laughs> oh, yeah, one eye yeah. on there. Um. Yeah, Edge of 17. I like my horses uh, first up over the 1,000. And I think the favourite Amigo is just a little bit too short. It's got convictions next to its name. So um, I reckon you might be able to pencil me home here. You feeling confident? Yeah, it's 12 bucks in pretty. Unless unless the unless this favourite on the outside is just one of those horses that needs to be ridden. ridden uh, yeah, mine might have none, actually. Oh, the, yeah, there you go. The three-year-old yeah, the outsider of the field. Yep, there you go. It's one softly in the end. Very See, this softly. is where, now, this is one of those ones where... You're, I knew you'd run top three. Yeah, exactly. It's run third in the end. Um, it's one of those ones where I always like, and in that three-horse field, I thought the one would get an easier lead. It did get an easier lead and just gave nothing in the end. Um, it's one of those ones where I like backing the fillies against the Colts and Geldings when they go up against each other. So that that's why I liked in her time in the race, and I think it'll be winning a maiden very soon. So... 
Viola Vivace. Yep. Five dollars eighty. Five dollars to whoever found that. The Hayes boys get a winner, so. Um, but yeah, best bet for me today, race five, number ten. Uh, so, uh, that's the one I'm more keen. It's on. amazing. It's paid. It's it's bolted in. It's paid five dollars hey. eighty. Surely hey. they knew it had ability. The horse. Um, you know. Yeah, maybe. Well, the favourite was pretty well back, Souk. But oh, no, only one jump out. You don't know how they're going to go. Small field. They have to back one, and then naturally in the market, one's going to drift out, isn't it? So yeah. Um, yeah, betting markets are, are a strange thing and a strange caper these days. They're very, very volatile now. I find very volatile. Uh, in harness racing, in particular, but that's oh, they ever. Oh, that's a oh, whole well, another story. Oh, so, Friday form panel tomorrow, and it'll, yes. be, a, it'll be a battle. Dan Malecki will join myself at ten thirty till twelve o'clock. Uh, we're going to go through the ten races at Melton on Sunday night for New Year's Eve. I assume Dan will be there on New Year's Eve. I don't know if he will be, but. Uh, they're a tough old sort of uh, 10 races too. So we've got a bit of homework to do mm-hmm. this afternoon to work my way through those. Uh, and uh, we'll see if we can find a winner or two at Melton tomorrow with Dan Malecki on the Friday form panel. We'll catch up with Jamie Cockshut as well. If anyone from Taz Racing tuning in, uh, the fields aren't done for Carrick yet. So it made it incredibly difficult for Jamie to find some tips. Yes. Uh, incredibly difficult. It will be, will be difficult to find winners <laughs> yes, when that happens, without the fields. Uh, so we'll catch up with Jamie tomorrow at some stage, uh, not uh, too far before 12 o'clock for those that want to get hold of Jamie Cockshut's tips for Carrick on the weekend. That is a wrap from Trot's Eye for Moving Day. Once again, Paul, thank you for your few days' contribution. Thank you, sir. Uh, we'll hand this over now. I think it's Cam, Luke, and maybe Campbell Brown. Uh, I think it's Cam Luke and Sammy Highland. Is it? The yeah, top okay. of my head. Yeah. I'll, I'll go Cam Luke, Campbell Brown. You go Cam Luke and Sam Highland, and uh, well, one of us may be right. Hmm? Uh, I'll tell you right now. Oh, he's looking. <laughs> he's looking. He's digging <laughs> into the t- broadcast guide. I'll tell you right he's now. He's got sixteen seconds. Can right he get now. it before it's over? The show's done in ten. Sammy Highland. Sammy Highland. And Cam Luke. Another one to Sebastiani. (laughs) It's nine Sebastiani. McKinnon nil. Have a great afternoon.